If you have your Bible, we're going to be in Luke this morning. And I want to say, before we get started this morning, um, I, want to, I want to make a really bold statement this morning. Um, you may find it bold, but really it's not. Um, God has for you this morning a tremendous message of hope and a tremendous message of peace. And I get to be the one to share it with you. And I want you to, I want you to think about that. Um, it's a really weighty statement, and especially for me in this position as the one who is going to say these words, but I, I believe very strongly that God has a message of peace and a message of hope that he wants to share to your soul this morning. We just sang a word seven or eight times through the course of that song, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. In this series, we've called the incarnation because God becomes incarnate in the world. We lit a candle in front of you. It will be there throughout the month of December. A perfectly white candle on a perfectly imperfect stool and drape. God has a message of peace and hope for you this morning. And it's Christ. And it's Christ is God sent to dwell with you. So as we, we look around and think through our particular situation, I want you to, to understand, I want you to understand that. There's difficulty, there's hardship. Look over at the Dorseys and they're moving to Memphis this week. Can't, under, can't imagine the difficulty and hardship of that and being pregnant and going to a new town and new job and it's got to be hard and, and a new baby, I'm sorry, she's not pregnant. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> new baby. Sorry. Um, God should have chose a better person to bring the message of hope and peace. <laughs> But there's so much. I look and, and we need this message of hope and peace. And he, he's bringing it to us. And his son has come to this earth to make and proclaim and strengthen and secure and establish these promises. Uh, I want to bring two quotes to you from a guy named Martin Lloyd-Jones. Martin Lloyd-Jones was a British pastor hundreds of years ago. Um, and these quotes come from this book, by the way, I recommend this, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. It's a series of sermons slash essays slash articles written by 
guys that are alive and guys that have been dead for 100 years. It's fantastic. It's fabulous. Um, you can take a look at this um, later on after the service or check it out on Amazon. It's a, it's a fantastic, awesome book. But in that book, Martin Lloyd-Jones has an article in there, and he says this. What God did when he sent his son into the world is an absolute guarantee that he will do everything he has ever promised he will do. And we'll look at some of those promises this morning. Same article, he says this. In Christmas, nothing is more important than for us to realize that the whole of the Old Testament is looking forward to this one event, the birth of Christ. Everything is looking forward to this one event. Um, So turn your attention to to Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. Uh, And these... These verses will be familiar to you. You've heard these verses before. Uh, and and we, could, we could honestly take these verses and preach an entire Christmas season worth of series about what was going on in Mary's mind, about theology of angels, about the theology of Christ being born of a virgin and, and the, the immediate response of Mary and, and all, these, all these different things that we could think about through these verses, but I want us to center, on, center around one thing this morning, and it is uh, the promises of God and what was, what was actually being promised here. Verse 26, Luke 1. <clears throat> In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Please don't get lost in the familiarity of these verses and, and lose the absolute majesty of what's happening. An angel comes and says to her, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. By the way, parenthetically here, do you know what the number one command in all of Scripture is? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and, be, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, and of his kingdom, there will be no end. The promises that are here are profound. And we need to know our 
our Jewish history to, to really know and understand these promises. Uh, but let's, let's look closely at verses 28 through 30. Verse 28, And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Mary, don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. When the Lord deals with you, and this is hope and peace that God wants to impart to you in this moment, in this season of your life. When the Lord deals with you, and when I say deals with you, I mean when he brings hardship, when he brings difficulty, when he brings temptation, when he brings greatness, when he brings a new child, when he brings a move to a new city, when he brings, when he deals with you. Don't be afraid. It's good. When he brings someone next to you that you love and it's hard and you don't get along and it's just difficult and life presses in hard and it just is awful, don't be afraid. It's good. God is in control. It's good. Allow that to speak hope and peace over you. Allow Mary, this little girl, in her encounter with the angel, and the first thing he says were, don't be afraid. When the Lord deals with you, don't be afraid. Hope and peace spoken over your life. Skip down to verse 32, and this is the huge promise that he makes. Talking about the son that she's going to name Jesus that's within her. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Every plan that God ever had Everything he ever intended to accomplish, everything is set into motion with these words that he speaks to Mary. Every promise that he's ever made to you is coming to fruition with these words that the angel of the Lord is speaking to Mary in, in this verse 32. Everything in the Old Testament is pointing to these words. We need to, to study 2 Samuel Chapter 7, verses 10. This is what's called the Davidic covenant. Davidic just means it's of David. It's the covenant that God made through his nation, through his servant David. So when, in verse 32, the angel says, I'm going to establish his kingdom through the son of David forever, this is what he's referring to. And, and I want us to know that the Davidic covenant for us is something that, that we need to go back and study and remember and understand and read through Scripture. For the Jewish people, for Mary, for the people that were in and around her life at that moment, they wouldn't have needed to go back and read through the Davidic covenant. It was just part of their culture. They, when they heard Son of David, this is what they heard. Just like for you, if I were to say, what happens on December 25th? Everybody knows. There's nobody within a hundred miles of us in this moment who doesn't know what happened on December 25th. There's nobody within a hundred miles of Mary 
when the son of David establishing his kingdom, when those things are mentioned, they don't know exactly what's being said. And this is what's being said. We need to reflect upon it and remember it. 2 Samuel 7, 10 through 13. This is the Davidic covenant. And let it, let the promises fall over you because this is the hope and the peace that came upon Mary in this moment is the hope and the peace that's found in these verses. It's huge. It's vital. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. I don't want to give too much commentary to that. I just want to let that speak. This is the promise that's coming true when the angel says to Mary, I will establish his kingdom forever. It will be from the throne of David. This is the promise. This is your promise. This is your promise. And I will appoint a place for my people, Israel, and I will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. Man, this, I can connect with that. I can connect with that with my home. I can connect with that with my church. I'm going to plant you in a place and you will never be disturbed again. And violent men shall afflict them no more. See, for, for us in the midst of this, this is a promise that we see in the life of Christ who came, lived his life, died his death, and resurrected. But it's also a, a promise for us of what is to come, a reestablishment, a full establishment of his kingdom. And violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly. From the time I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all of your enemies. I will give you rest from all of your enemies. For, for me, when I, when I read this at first glance, from all your enemies, I think, of, I think of people who I perceive to block me from happiness or make, make life hard and difficult on me. I think of some people in the office where I work. I think of just individual people. But I've said many times, you have one enemy and his name is Satan. You have one enemy and his name is Satan. Now let me read that phrase again. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Peace. Hope. It's beautiful. Moreover, the Lord declares to you, that the Lord will make you a house. Did you hear that? The Lord declares to you that the Lord 
will make you a house. The Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Verse 12. When your days are fulfilled, you will lie down with your fathers, and I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. This is the promise he's making specifically to David. This, this is the heart of the Davidic covenant right here. This is the heart of what the Jews heard when they thought of this idea of the Davidic covenant. I will raise up from your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. That's Christ. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. There is a metaphor here, and there is a foreshadowing here. The metaphor of the spiritual darkness and the difficulty that's there, and the foreshadowing of what's to come when Christ finally does establish his kingdom forever. There is great hope, and there is great promise, and there is great peace. The call to worship quote I brought to you, John Tyson. Advent is God's reminder that the world is not as it should be. But it's coming. The spiritual implication for us here and now is, is massive. God will establish his kingdom forever. Skip down, go back to, to Luke chapter 1 and skip down to, to verse 46. <clears throat> this is Mary's song. It might show up in, in uh, heading in your Bible as the Magnificat. It's a song, a poem that Mary wrote not long after the encounter with the angel. Um, side note, I want to encourage you all to, um, when the beauty and presence and power and majesty and provision or anything of God is encountered by you in your life, to, to engage that and allow art to flow from you. And when I say art, I don't mean a painting or a poetry or a song or anything in particular. I just mean when God engages you with his power and his perfection and majesty or provision or in any way, deal with that and then be free to allow whatever God brings to flow out of you. This is this scripture here is the result of Mary engaging how God engaged her and just letting it flow. And, and here's the thing, when we do that and then share that with each other as a body, we all engage God in those moments. We connect with the emotion and the thoughts that God planted in her and we draw from that. So I encourage you to artistically engage God 
when he engages you. And then allow us all to share and bask in that. We're going to sing a song at the end of worship this morning that, that's the product of that. But let's, let's look here. This is Mary overcome with beauty at the depth of the promise of God that's going to come through this child that's within her. That he's going to establish a very lasting kingdom through this child in her womb. So God engages Mary and Mary engages God and this is what, this is what comes out. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. He has looked on the humble estate. All that she, all that encapsulated Mary in these moments was humility, was nothing to behold. God has looked upon the humility that just made her up. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and his holy name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. I want to stop and allow verse 50 just to wash over you. His mercy is for you from generation to generation. His mercy is for you. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped the servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. That last verse, verse 55, is another covenant that God made, this time with Abraham, that I want us to to take a look at. He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. So let's look at this, the Abrahamic covenant, which came before the Davidic covenant. But again, another promise that the people of Israel, the Jewish people, would have known and engaged with, just like we know what's... what. What happens on December the 25th? Genesis 12, 2 and 3. This is God speaking to Abraham, a covenant that he makes with them that the nation of Israel holds on to and holds fast to and is being fulfilled in this promise. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. What he's saying there is Jesus. The Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, and these massive important things in the life of a Jew in this century comes 
to this world, Jesus. And so as we encounter this season, as we engage this season, Jesus, the incarnation, God coming into flesh to fulfill and establish everything he promised he would fulfill and establish. Promises everywhere. So where does that leave us in this time, in this place? We have something in common with them. They, all they had was a promise. The Davidic covenant was a promise. The Abrahamic covenant was a promise. All they had was that promise. All we have is a promise. A promise we can cling to and allow to have hope and peace spoken over us and mercy spoken over us. In Jesus, we have the incarnation of God and his kingdom will be established forever. But for now, there is oppression. For now, there is a very real enemy. For now, there is difficulty. There, is, there are signs of brokenness everywhere. We live in a broken world with broken people who do broken things to each other. We live in a world with hurricanes, tornadoes, tsunamis, earthquakes, genocide, war, terrorism, famine, disease. How can these things exist and these promises be real and true? 4,081 people were killed in Hurricane Katrina. 2,996 people were killed on September 11th. 337 people were killed in tornadoes in 2011. 5.7 million Jews were killed during the Holocaust. 175,000 people were killed in one tsunami in 2004. I heard a story this week of a seven-year-old boy, seven years old. Picture a seven-year-old boy, a year younger than Cooper, my son. year younger than Cooper, seven years old. Had behavior problems in an elementary school. He leaves, gets kind of booted out of that elementary school because there's just difficulty there. Goes to another elementary school. And gets in a fight on the playground five days in. And not just a little fight, a big fight. They're throwing fists. They're going to get suspended. So they separate these kids. And one, the first kid's mom picks him up. And the kid has got these behavioral problems. His mom is on her way. And she's, he, this kid is waiting in the office. Find out. He was left in the office for about a minute and a half. They find the principal of the school's laptop inside of this boy's backpack. Seven years old. There's brokenness everywhere. Deceit, disease, hate, hardship, pain, early death. Broken relationships everywhere. We have Christmas angels in the back. Those Christmas angels back there have a Christmas list from a child without parents living about a mile from where we, where we sit right now. It's brokenness everywhere. But the promise 
of Jesus Christ, of the incarnation, is that there is a hope. There is a very real and absolute future reality that we will experience that will ultimately fulfill the Davidic covenant where we will be settled in a land and our enemy will be no more. As Christmas happens to us, be engaged with the promises of God. We will be a part of the promise of a new kingdom. Let's pray and then worship our Father. God, we thank you. We thank you for the promises of your scripture. We thank you for your son who we worship on this day, who we worship in this season. God, engage our hearts with Jesus this morning. God, I pray for each of us in this room this morning and the the hard things of life that press in, God. Lord, and I pray that you would engage our hearts in such a profound way, as with Mary, God, that, that your promises are real. Engage our hearts there in such a way that, that the hardship and difficulty of having to face a life with hard realities fades away, God, because we are so engaged with your promises. God, show us humility. Give us humility. Remind us of the words of Mary in her song. The humblest state. God, break us where we need to be broken. God, allow us to just see Jesus. God, now as we engage you with what you've engaged us with this morning, Father, would you dwell among us? Would you break us free, Father, to worship? Engage you this morning, Father. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the season as we center around your son. It's in his perfect, wonderful name that I pray. Amen.